Welcome to the Heal Here podcast. I'm your host, Kate Flick, aka Oracle Lightworker. I'm a Holy Fire 3 Karuna Reiki master teacher and Akashic Records reader. I also happen to be a Gemini, don't judge, a 5-1 emotional manifester and empowered empath. I am literally obsessed with helping you heal and showing you that you are your own best healer. Join me here where we will explore different techniques and modalities and where I will share personal experiences and channel guidance to help support you as you move along the spiritual and healing path. I am so glad you're here. Yo, I tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna really, really, really wanna zig a zig. Ah, if you want my future, forget my past. If you wanna get with me, better make it fast. Okay, don't go wasting my precious time. I don't even know if those are the lyrics. Um... That's a message from the universe, you know. You need to tell the universe what you want, what you really, really want. What's coming through right now is that some people, I'm not pointing any fingers. I'm actually pointing them right back at myself right now. (laughs) This is a message for me, FYI, everybody. Not just for you. This is for me. Thanks, universe. I love how you communicate with me through music. Um, I need to start informing the universe of what I want, what I really, really want, no matter how big it is, because... It can come to fruition and I've manifested lots of different things and I know it works, but I have to tell the universe what I want, what I really, really want. And I need to focus on that. So this may be a message for you as well. So welcome. (laughs) Welcome to the Spice Girls Reunion Tour podcast. Joking. Welcome to Heal Here. I'm your host, Kate Flick. And today we're going to be talking all things rest and how rest is essential for you to step into your purpose, become your most aligned self and to be productive. Rest is actually productive and we're going to talk about that today. But before we begin, I actually was guided to pull a few cards and there may be a message in here for you. So these might not resonate with everybody and that is okay. So just take what resonates and leave the rest behind. Um, The first card I pulled from the Kyle Gray Angel Prayers deck is Healthy Choices. Thank you, angels, for guiding me to make healthy choices. And what it says is your angels are encouraging you to make healthy choices for your body, mind, and soul. Looking after your soul energy is one step, but having a balanced diet and, and healthy relationships will also contribute to your spiritual growth. You are a pillar of strength. Ensure that you look after your inner life. So if you are someone who is on the spiritual path and you are looking to receive guidance, it is hard to hear the guidance if you are out of alignment. And, you know, to be in alignment, you need to be balanced in your mind, body and soul. So just this may be a little nudge for you to kind of take an inventory on your life and see if there are some aspects that are out of balance. And if you do notice that there are some places that you are out of alignment, then to put your focus there and to put your energy into perhaps taking care of that part of you that has been maybe a little bit neglected lately. The second card that I pulled was very fitting for today's episode, Take a Step Back. Thank you, angels, for helping me to step back 
from what's not serving me. And it says if you're jumping into a new project at this time, you're being encouraged to step back and think about the effects it will have on your life. The angels are encouraging you to slow down and to reassess the situation in your heart and mind before proceeding any further. Step back and allow things to develop naturally and without force. Everything will happen at the right time. And I mean, this obviously goes hand in hand with what we're going to be talking about today. And oftentimes, if we don't make time for rest, make time for repose, is that even, does that even fit there for repose? Are you taking time for repose every day? I don't even think that makes sense. But I like to repose at home. Okay, I'm going to stop talking now. (laughs) But you know what I mean. Um, Make sure that you are taking that time for rest and having that quiet time in your life and that's where you often receive the clarity that you need because a lot of us are just going you know full tilt all the time and not having that space where we we might be able to see aspects of our life um, with more clarity and the last card that I pulled was from the keepers of the light also Kyle Gray deck love his decks Um, Joan of Arc and its voice of truth. Stand strong, focus on your purpose, release the fear of persecution and speak your truth. And just when I like, just looking at this card, what's coming up for me is, you know, that some people have a deep seated fear of speaking their truth, because in past lifetimes, you were persecuted, okay, you were punished for that. And what's coming through for me right now, before even reading the message, is that it's safe for you to speak your truth. Okay, it is safe for you to do so in this lifetime and you are not in alignment right now because you are holding back. Okay, you aren't speaking your truth. Um, I'm just going to read what it says here. So you are being encouraged to stand strong. You may feel unrecognized and misunderstood, but that doesn't mean you have to give up on the mission you feel called to fulfill. You must follow the will of your soul and exercise your leadership spirit by speaking your truth. You may feel as if you are on a battlefield, but this conflict will come to an end as soon as you stop defending yourself. You are not here to prove yourself to others. Instead, approve of yourself. Know that your angels are on your side and that heaven is thanking you for being the honest soul that you are. And what's coming through for me right now is that someone needs to hear this, is that there is a difference between speaking your truth and defending yourself or convincing or persuading, okay? And if you find that when you're speaking, you're trying to convince somebody of something, maybe convince some someone of your worth or convince someone that you are correct or convince someone of your innocence in a situation or trying to persuade someone, then that's a waste of your energy is what's coming through for me right now is that's wasting your energy. And that's not necessarily speaking your truth. Speak up, okay, when you need to, okay? Stand strong in your convictions and stand up for what you believe in. But when you find that every time you're using your voice, you are speaking to try to convince someone of something or to get them on your side or persuade them, then for me, what's coming through is that's out of alignment, okay? And it's best to just stand strong in your convictions. And in those instances, it's actually not the best um, time for you to speak. So be what's coming through is speak your truth, but but it's kind of a conflicting message. But what I'm hearing is, but be very, um, what's the word, deliberate 
the word that's coming through is deliberate. Be very deliberate with your words, okay? And don't over speak. Like I'm hearing less is more and you can stand up for yourself. But if you find yourself over explaining, that's another thing that's coming through is oh, if you're an over explainer, okay? And I post about this on my stories quite often, okay? As a recovering over explainer, okay? And over explaining is rooted in, it's it's a trauma response, okay? And you don't need to explain yourself to anyone. Someone needs to hear this today. You don't have to explain yourself. And, you know, as someone myself who feels often misunderstood, and I could blame that on my my manifestor aura and my 5-1 profile where people uh, just tend to project things onto me, I often feel misunderstood and, you know, I've tried to explain myself and it's been a real journey for me just learning to stand in my truth and you know stand behind my actions and not needing to explain myself to people and not needing to persuade people you know to see my point of view and and just being you know confident in the way I'm living my life and no need for other people to understand or get behind me and I mean I'm not always successful with that. Like I struggle a lot of times when I'm feeling misunderstood because I think as human beings, we we want to be understood, right? You want people to understand you and it's frustrating when you're misunderstood. And so that's something that I'm always working on, but this is coming through that somebody else needs to to hear this today. So before we jump into today's episode, just a couple of things, really just one thing, <laughs> just want to remind you about my upcoming Reiki training. So Holy Fire 3 Reiki Level 1 and 2 training will be on March 18th and March 19th from 9 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Atlantic time. So it's an intensive weekend training, which includes lots of theory practice experiences it's very healing okay and I've said this once I'll say it again the Reiki trainings are the most healing experiences of my life they've revealed so much to me they've progressed me on my spiritual path they've helped me open up my spiritual gifts the trainings have been invaluable to me so much so that I've taken every possible training through the ICRT uh, that's possible Okay, I have every every training and I would love to take more. I'll probably retake some trainings because every time you take a training, it is just a profoundly healing experience. And I'm so grateful for these trainings. So if you are feeling the call, you are feeling the nudge to join a training, I would love to have you. You can find the information on, well, actually, I'll link it in the show notes below. Also through my uh, Oracle Lightworker, there's a link in bio you can click on, or I have like a little kind of rough web page, www.oraclelightworkerhealing.podia.com, I believe. I shouldn't put that out there. I better double check that, but I'm pretty sure it's correct. Also a reminder that as always, there are one-to-one Akashic Reiki sessions available and you can receive in the comfort of your own home without a Zoom link, uh, just listening to your own music. It's an energetic connection. I can open your records without being on Zoom with you. There is an option if you would prefer to do the live Zoom option um, with the fully remote 
options. I will send you the channeled guidance after your session. And you have the ability to ask some questions prior to your session as well. I also do animal sessions. I'm going to do a podcast at some point on animal Reiki and the benefits of animal Reiki as well. I also do sessions for children and I do clearings on houses. If you move into a new house or maybe have a new job in a new office, I do those types of clearings. And I also do spirit attachment release healings. Okay. If you feel like you need a clearing, you can give me, I was going to say, give me a call. Please don't call. I Don't call me. <laughs> Never call me. I will not answer. Okay. I will not answer, but you can DM me and I will get back to you at some point. <laughs> All right, let's get into today's episode. So I was meditating at the beginning of the week and it just kind of came through that this is what I needed to be talking about this week. So I feel like somebody out there needs to be reminded that they need to slow down or maybe someone needs to be given permission to slow down um, because I know that I am somebody who needed that permission slip or needed to be told that it was okay to rest because I felt, I think I've always felt that rest is lazy and that if I wasn't doing something, I wasn't productive and I wasn't being useful. So that was something bad. And I haven't, I I honestly didn't come to that realization until recently, to be honest. I think the only time that I've allowed myself to rest without guilt has been whenever I'm sick, okay, or if I'm injured. And whenever I was headed towards crazy burnout, I was totally burnt out and just not even realizing it. I got that cancer diagnosis and I was forced to slow down and rest. And to be honest, it wasn't easy. It's not easy to go from one state, okay, a super hyper arousal straight state of like fight or flight. You can't just drop into a parasympathetic easily. For, in my experience, anyhow, everyone is different. But for me, it was not easy for me to rest, even though I was being forced to rest. And I think what's coming through for me now is that I'm realizing is that that's probably Another thing that created so much anxiety is because I was used to doing, doing, going, going, and then to try to shift into this state of rest where I was immobilized because of my surgery, um, that was really difficult to me. And my body had a lot of, was holding a lot of anxious energy. I was very anxious because I wasn't able to keep going at the pace that I was used to going at. So as I have mentioned in a previous podcast, I was at a point in my life before I was diagnosed with cancer where I was staying up super late. I had young children, you know, working, teaching full time. It was just go, 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 zero personal time. And, you know, I was, I think I was making time. I would have been making time to exercise, but it would have been high intensity all the time. So there was no, nothing was restful in my life. Like the the self-care that I did do in the form of exercise would have been going for a run or doing like a high intensity type style workout. Nothing that I did would have been, you know, I would never go for a walk and that's all I do now, but that just wouldn't have, you know, 
given me probably the hit that I wanted or the release that I wanted at that time. And I just probably would have been very uncomfortable walking and being alone with my thoughts if I'm being honest. So if I rewind a little bit, I need to ask myself, how did I how did I get to that place where I was running myself ragged, where I was unable to rest or didn't feel like I had the time to rest? And I know that this is a story that many young mothers, you know, it's it's their story as well, that they're running on empty and neglecting their own needs to take care of the family. And I'm not saying that this could be the story of fathers as well, but I know a lot of mothers out there that share this story and do not feel like they have the space in their lives to rest. And even if they're given the space, I don't know that they are able to rest in a way that's restorative to them. So how did we get here? How did we get to the place where people are unable to rest and where our days are so busy and we're running all over the place and it's just constant? How do we get here? And I'm sure that there are a lot of different reasons, but what comes to me first and foremost is kind of the way our society is set up and that we live in a capitalist system that is, you know patriarchal in nature. It is shifting, I believe. It is shifting. We are shifting into a new paradigm, into the divine feminine. But we are leaving this capitalist patriarchal system that has taught us that we need to hustle. We need to grind. Okay, We need to compete if we want to be successful, if we want to have the, the lives of our dreams, we have to work ourselves to the bone. We have to sacrifice to be abundant. We need to work as much overtime as possible, sacrifice, sacrificing our own needs, our families' needs, our time with our families. This is the society that I grew up in or the mindset of the society that I grew up in. This was the messaging that I received, okay, is that you need to do more. You always need to do more. And the more you do, the more you will receive, okay? And that simply isn't the case. And we are shifting into this new paradigm, this new energy of the divine feminine. And there, you know, there exist in this world different energies. There are lunar energies and solar energies, okay? And people like to call these feminine energies and masculine energies, okay? The lunar being the feminine, solar being the masculine, okay? And we are starting to see this shift, this energetic and societal shift where we are shifting into the divine feminine and the lunar energies. And when we are in this space, we need to know that it is safe to receive. We can do less and receive more, that the world is abundant and we we can rest and receive. The way I see this is that the potential exists and it is for us to tap into that frequency, to tap into those energies, those lunar energies and align with those energies so that we can embody the the divine feminine and this new paradigm. And 
I think, and I mean, I'm no expert on any of this. This is just what's coming to me now is that we will see society follow suit, okay, as a collective, but this is available to each individual person now to align with this energy of abundance and rest and receiving. You can do that now regardless of whether the collective has made the shift yet or not it is available to you if you if you choose to align um, with these energies and I'm not going to pretend that this is easy for many people it's not easy for me I have struggled with a scarcity mindset okay and I have been a subscriber to the notion that you know you work hard and you will be compensated and you need to work harder to earn more money and have an abundant life. And that's how, you know, that's that's guided me throughout my life. And so it's not easy to deprogram and to shift your thinking when that's been ingrained and that's what everyone around you thinks. My family didn't harp on that by any stretch, but you know, I I do think my family valued hard work as a lot of families do. I think a lot of my programming came from society, um, but also I think from childhood trauma. And I've talked about this before. There's different types of childhood trauma and you, you can have, you know, a good childhood and still have suffered childhood trauma. But I think a lot of people maybe grew up in households where, you know, maybe you didn't receive the validation or, you know, emotional validation um, for many different reasons when you were growing up. And so some people, to receive that validation and attention from your parents, you would achieve, okay, and you would strive and you would work harder because when you did that, then your parents would give you attention, okay? And so for me, that became a definite, I guess, coping mechanism that I didn't, I wasn't even aware of until the last couple of years that I really prided myself on achieving. And that was how I got attention, okay, um, growing up. And I, I don't think that, that my story is uncommon. I think a lot of people probably can resonate with that. If you are someone who has really tried to achieve your whole life and put a lot of importance on achieving goals and, you know, being the best at certain things and getting high marks or achieving in sports or in music or whatever your passions are. If that is something that has been a driving force in your life, it's important to just reflect and think about, you know, your childhood. And is this something that you did from a young age to get attention? And maybe, your parents were emotionally unavailable to you for for some reason. Maybe one of your parents was sick. Maybe someone in your family passed away. And like if somebody is grieving, it's really difficult for them to be emotionally available to you. And again, our parents are, you know, just people just like all of us. And they are imperfect, just like you and just like me. And it's important to go back to your childhood and think about the circumstances, you know, think about what was going on in your parents' lives, in your family unit, like what was happening at that time. And, you know, is it possible that there's something that prevented your parents from being emotionally available to you? 
And, and that may have had an impact and, and may have really molded you as a person and perhaps has had a huge impact on how you show up today as an adult. So if this was the case for you, if you received attention and validation through striving and accomplishing as a child, you may, as an adult, find it very difficult to rest because when you rest, you are not producing, okay? Perhaps you're not achieving, although I would argue that rest is very productive, but when you are resting, you may not be producing tangible things that could get you attention and recognition. And while your conscious mind doesn't think that you are looking for attention or recognition on the daily, you have this perhaps six-year-old or seven-year-old within you that is still yearning to be validated and, and yearning to be seen and loved unconditionally. So while you may not be consciously aware of this need to achieve and this striving, okay, it, it, it's still, it's, it's there. It's being driven by that inner child deep within you. So when you do have an opportunity to rest and you try to rest, and you can't rest, and I've been there, done that, I still struggle with rest, okay? And I dream about rest, okay? Let's get this straight for a second. Like, I dream about rest. I fantasize about curling up with a book, and I can't wait to rest and, oh, a bath. That sounds amazing. I can't wait to do that. And all of these restful activities, I literally fantasize about them. And when I have the opportunity to do them, it's almost like I self-sabotage, okay? And I, I then grab for my cell phone or I remember my to-do list and jump up and start doing a million other things other than resting. That could be part self-sabotage, part ADHD. The jury is still not out on that one yet, but whatever it is, I'm not resting. Sometimes instead of resting, I decide to scroll mindlessly on my phone instead of drawing myself a bath. I've always wanted to say I've that I drew myself a bath. No, I, I don't really want to say that. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to let's just keep talking here, Kate. <laughs> but, you know, you know what I'm saying here? Have you done this, too? Have you sabotaged your rest before? And let me let me be clear here. Laying on the couch on your phone is not restful. Even if you feel like it is, it's not, okay? Scrolling on Instagram is very activating or whatever you're scrolling on. You don't feel rested after that. Maybe a little bit. Maybe physically you feel a bit rested if you're somebody who has been, you know, on the move and you have a physically maybe laborious. Why am I, why am I hesitating to say these words? Like why... I could have said a physically demanding job, but I wanted to say laborious, physically laborious job. Is that even correct? Physically laborious. Okay, um, I digress. <laughs> uh, so if your job is physically demanding, then I can see that laying on the couch would probably feel physically resting, but mentally, emotionally, being on your phone on that screen, personally, I do not find that restful. And it can be agitating and it can sometimes be triggering. And and it's just, I feel like it's draining. I, I never feel good after I spend a lot of time on my phone. 
I don't know, maybe other people do, but I know I don't. So why do we self-sabotage whenever we try to rest? We know we need rest and we just fill it up with some other activities or distract ourselves with our phone. Why is it so difficult for people to actually rest? And well, one of the things is what I was just talking about. If you are somebody who has, you know, received validation from striving, okay, whenever you rest, you may feel deep down that you're not worthy of this rest, okay? Your your self-worth may be tied to your ability to produce and achieve, okay? And if that's how you got your attention growing up, if that's how you were validated growing up through these achievements, then it totally makes sense that when you are taking a bath by candlelight, (laughs) reading a book with Epsom salts, and a few little sprinklings of essential oils in the water, listening to, I want it that way. Tell me why it ain't nothing but a heart. <laughs> okay, this is getting a little too <laughs> detailed for my liking. Um, if you were drawing yourself a bath, for instance, you can, you can understand why that may feel difficult for you because you may feel you're not worthy of just relaxing in that way because you're not producing anything, okay? And again, if your self-worth is tied to your ability to achieve, then what are you're not producing, you know, anything in this bath. I hope you're not producing anything in this bath. <laughs> um, but it only makes sense that you will feel resistance to this type of relaxation, okay? Because deep down, you may not feel worthy of it. Another reason why some people may have difficulty resting is because their central nervous system is dysregulated. And if you grew up in a chaotic household, okay, if there's lots of drama, there could have been maybe push-pull dynamics with your caregivers where they would, you know, give you attention and love and then withdraw it, like this push-pull dynamic. Um, It could have, you know, any type of trauma within your childhood can dysregulate your central nervous system. And if that becomes your baseline in childhood, your body is always trying to get back to that baseline, okay? And, And that, you know, your baseline could be dysregulation, a state of dysregulation. So, when you rest, some people physically may have so much resistance to this because their body is primed for the dysregulation, okay? Primed for that fight or flight. And if, again, if your household was very chaotic and stressful, there's a good chance you your central nervous system is still in that state of, state of dysregulation. And if that's the case, you know, don't don't be surprised if you're drawn to particularly chaotic work environments, chaotic relationships, okay? Because your central nervous system needs that hit and and that's familiar, okay? The ups and the downs, the push and the pull, that's familiar to your central nervous system, okay? And and it wants to get back to what it sees as a baseline. So there's lots of people out there who keep themselves so busy that they 
don't have time to rest because anytime they do rest, they get super anxious. Okay. They literally get anxiety when they rest. And it's because for some people, their central nervous system doesn't know what to do, okay, without getting those hits and it makes them feel extremely anxious. If this is you, then I would really recommend techniques like breath work. You know, if that's you, you'll you probably find meditation to be extremely difficult because you're just sitting there and your dis- dysregulated central nervous system is screaming at you because and you feel like you're probably going to jump out of your skin. Okay, it's very meditation can be very painful for some people um, if they're very dysregulated. So breathwork can be a really nice alternative because it brings you into your body and it actually allows you to almost dispel and discharge some of that anxious energy and allow you to release that. And it can actually help people drop into meditations, people who have difficulty meditating, doing breathwork first. Some people just like to do a breathwork practice. Some people like to use uh, breathwork kind of as a precursor to their meditation and allows them to more easily drop into a meditative practice. If you think that you are very dysregulated, then somatic practices are wonderful because, you know, anytime we have trauma in our body, our trauma is stored within the body. Our issues are in our tissues. So we can feel like we've dealt with something, but if it's not released from our bodies, like our body keeps a score I have the book. Have I read it? No, of course I haven't because <laughs> I have a million unread books. Um, who is that? Vander? Oh, what's the author's name? Anyway, The Body Keeps the Score. I need. I do need to go. Maybe this is my hint that I need to go read it. But um, your body always remembers, okay? Even if you don't remember the trauma, like you could have had something very traumatic uh, that happened to you and you are not consciously aware. You've totally repressed it and have no conscious memory of it, but your body remembers. Okay. Your body always remembers. And that's why somatic practices, somatic body work, so important on the healing path because it allows you to acknowledge those things that you are holding in your body and release them. Now we're going to change topics a little bit and talk about the menstrual cycle. (laughs) You know what? I thought about actually saying, okay, here's a disclaimer talking about the menstrual cycle. I think it's literally conditioned for women to feel like a sense of shame or, oh, we have to give a disclaimer. We're talking about our periods as if it's something, yeah, to be ashamed of something gross or disgusting. And to be frank, hello, my name is Frank. Okay, why am I doing these stupid dad jokes? <laughs> Sorry, this, like I'm so lame. Um, but to be frank with you, everyone, I'm over it. I'm tired of having to hide the fact that I have a period that I get every single month. And I'm sure other females feel the same way. It's so interesting. I actually had an encounter where I literally brought up menstruation in front of somebody I know's husband and they literally walked away from me in the conversation and I didn't realize why they abruptly literally walked out of the conversation I found out from the person later that I made them feel super uncomfortable and I never want to make people feel uncomfortable but I didn't I wasn't going into details I made mention of menstruation (laughs) and that's it 
and it made this person feel super uncomfortable. And I'm not faulting this person for walking away from the conversation. It's just the fact that we need to talk about these things more openly so it's not this elephant in the room. It's like this is happening to females around the world every month and it's almost shrouded in a cloak of shame. Okay, where did that weird saying come from? But it's like we're hiding this normal, natural part of being a woman and we it's we don't want anybody to know about it as if it's something to be ashamed of. So the reason I'm talking about menstruation today on the podcast is because it does relate to rest and we are cyclical beings. Actually, males and females are both cyclical beings. And when we're talking about hormones, we go through hormone cycles. And for females, it tends to be a 28-day cycle. And interestingly, for men, it's a 24-hour cycle, which I find to be so interesting. And I am by no means an expert. I actually don't know a ton about this. I just know a little bit about it, which I'll talk about today, that I learned about in a book I read. But imagine like men being able to almost reset every 24 hours. Yet that for us, for females, it's 28 days. It's just crazy to think about how like the impact of that. And speaking of the impact, one one of the impacts is the way that our society is set up. Okay. We talk about that patriarchal society. It is set up to coincide with the male 24-hour cycle, okay? It's not supportive of the fluctuations within uh, the female 28-day cycle, okay? The hormonal fluctuations, which have a huge impact on your energy levels. I learned more about the menstrual cycle, like the different phases of the menstrual cycle and the energetics of our cycles um, through reading the book Do Less by Kate Northrup. And I can just link that in the show notes. But I'm just going to talk a little bit about the phases that she talks about in her book and what we can focus on during those phases if we want to be in alignment. So the first phase we'll talk about, and I mean, there's not really a first phase because it's a cycle, right? It's cyclical, okay? But the first phase I'll talk about is the follicular phase, and that is when the ovary gets ready to release uh, the egg, and this occurs after you bleed, okay? So after you've finished your, you know, monthly menstruation, the when the bleeding has stopped, this is the when the follicular phase begins, And energetically speaking, this is a good time for planning, for brainstorming, for initiating new projects and manifesting. This makes sense energetically speaking that you this is a great time to plan and prepare because physically speaking, your body is preparing for a possible pregnancy. You may also feel a spike in energy at this time because of rising estrogen levels. So again, this can be a very productive time for many women. 
The next phase in the menstrual cycle is ovulation. And this is when the ovary has released the egg and it's ready to be fertilized. And this signifies a very fertile time, not only physically for the body, but also creatively. And many women report feeling very creative during this time and elevated estrogen and testosterone levels may make you feel more energetic than usual and also more extroverted, okay? You're wanting to be out connecting with with people. This is a wonderful time to collaborate, to network, to socialize. Anything that involves interacting with other people or being within a group or collaborating is going to be energetically in alignment during this phase. The next phase is the luteal phase, and this begins when you ovulate and it ends whenever you menstruate. This is the time when your energy starts to turn inward. So if you think of the follicular phase and the ovulation phase, those are more outward times, okay? You can use your energy for kind of outer projects. Luteal and menstruation, it's it's taking your energy and turning kind of your gaze within, they're more inward times. So you may not be wanting to socialize and be in big groups during your luteal and menstrual phase because you're being called to go within. The luteal phase is actually a really great time to complete projects and to cross things off your to-do list. Nothing that, you know, needs a lot of crazy brain power or creative thinking. It's these little things that can kind of easily be completed. This is a great time to, you know, check off some boxes. Some people may start to feel quite tired um, during the luteal phase and that's when self-care becomes really important. So anchor into those self-care practices. So the last phase is the menstrual phase. So the whole thing's called the menstrual cycle, but there is a phase that's the menstrual, menstrual phase and that's whenever the egg that has been released is not fertilized and your body releases the uterine lining, also known as the bleed. So energetically, this is a time for rest and reflection. Okay, most people are not going to want to be out socializing too much. This is a a time to really go within and to reflect. And your brain at this time is actually wired for connectivity between the left and right hemispheres of the brain. So it's a great time for you to get clarity with your, you know, having, you know, creative inspiration and merging that with logic. And oftentimes you can have many kind of intuitive downloads or ideas during this time. You may need to take a day or two off from the gym if you're somebody who goes to the gym every day. And learning about this now is good for me, but I just think of all the years I pushed through, okay? I would, I never used to listen to my body. I never took a day off from the gym. I would push through doing the same workouts that were super intense, okay? I wish I had known this before and I wish I had listened to my body because your body is giving you cues and signals all the time, but a lot of us just don't listen and we power through, But when we start to listen to our body's wisdom, okay, and honor these cycles, that's when we can come into true alignment. And when we're aligned, 
that's when we are such powerful beings. When I'm talking about listening to your body's guidance, it's interesting because many of us have kind of been conditioned not to. Okay, even from young age, if you had parents telling you to finish, you know, finish all the food on your plate. Okay, you can't have dessert. You can't go outside and do this or that until you finish all that food on your plate. Okay, that is, and a lot of parents did that, not out of malice, but that's what probably their parents told them. But it taught you at a young age that, you know, I'm full right now. My body's telling me it's full, but my parents are telling me I'm not full. (laughs) And so just those small things from our childhood, they can have an impact and create this distrust or this disconnect with our bodies where we, we don't trust what they're trying to tell us or we're ignoring what they're trying to tell us. So when we listen to our bodies, when we tune into what our body is trying to tell us, and we rest when we feel tired, when our body is calling for rest and we prioritize rest, we are creating that trust, okay? And we are strengthening that trust with ourselves and with our physical bodies. And that brings us into alignment, okay? And that connects us with who we really are on a soul level. And what's coming through right now is if you are someone who is struggling to hear your own guidance, you are struggling to connect with your intuition, maybe you need to work on this trust first, creating trust within your physical body so that you can feel safe. You know, you can't, if if there's a disconnect between you and your physical body, you aren't feeling safe. Okay, and now I'm, I'm seeing Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And, you know, that safety rung is close to the bottom. It's not the, the very bottom, but it's the, the safety needs is the second from the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And to get to the top to be self-actualized, you first have to feel safe, okay? Safe in your surroundings, but more importantly, safe in your body. So you're not, if you are on the spiritual path, if you are an intuitive and you are feeling very blocked, what's coming through for me right now is start start simple right now allow yourself to rest and and maybe that's what you need okay your body needs to feel safe it needs to be rested and when your body feels rested it feels safe and secure and when you have that foundation that's going to open you up to the potential of receiving more intuitive guidance i went into the akashic records a couple of days ago just wanting more information about rest and what they gave me was an analogy they like to give their analogies and they said that rest is like our breath okay the inhale and the exhale and they said that the inhale is the action okay there's there's an action to rest that many of us don't take into account and the exhale involves the release and the surrender okay so that rest is almost two parts okay a conscious part and then that letting go and most of us see rest as inactivity but to truly rest you must be deliberate is what was coming through Um, you can lay on your couch all day on your phone as we talked about earlier and not feel rested the inhale that action piece to rest involves you making a deliberate 
decision, okay, around the activities that you will engage in or not engage in, okay, the people that you will be around uh, or not be around that will support and nourish you. And part of that action piece of resting involves setting boundaries, okay? It may involve delegating responsibilities or duties, and it may involve showing up differently, okay? If you are someone who plays a particular role within your family of doing and doing for other people, and maybe you may not like to hear it, but maybe you tend to enable people, okay? It's going to be really difficult for you to rest when you're taking on everybody else's crap and responsibilities. So this is your reminder, okay? And you know who you are. I don't know who you are, but spirit knows who you are. And this message is for you today that you need to let go of some other people's responsibilities. I'm hearing right now that some people are taking on far too much of other people's responsibilities. Okay. And you've shown up as, you know, this people pleaser and this helpful person within your family or friend group. And you, you're always there for other people. And that's part of your identity. Okay. That's how you feel that that's tied with your worth, right? Like that makes you feel like you're valuable and worthy of being loved. And what's coming through right now is you are loved. (laughs) You are lovable. Even when you're horizontal, (laughs) even when you're laying on the couch with a book, listening to meditation music, you know what, even if it's scrolling on your phone. For some people, I think the first step is even getting horizontal with your phone. It may not be as restorative, but I'm hearing for some people that's a step in the right direction. So, you know, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You start small, but I'm hearing that there are some people that need to hear this today, okay? You need to let go of being the fixer, of taking on everybody else's stuff, It is safe for you to rest and you are going to be loved even when you're resting, okay? You deserve to rest and you are worthy of of rest. And if anybody gives you a hard time with it, send them to me. No, just know that they're not maybe in alignment, okay? And if you resting causes issues with other people, you know, in your relationship with other people, that's a huge sign for you. So just be aware of that. This is something that channeled through and actually made it into a reel because I was like, I like this. But they said that, you know, rest is a skill, okay? It must be learned and practiced. And this is, again, we always think that rest is easy. You just lay down and rest. And and what I heard in the records just is that, no, it's actually a skill. And you have to, like any skill, to get good at resting, you have to practice it. For, well, actually, first you need to learn the skill, okay? Learn how to rest. And then you need to practice it to get good at it. And they said that rest is a conscious choice that you make again and again, you know, to meet your most authentic self. And I thought that that was beautiful because, when you can rest and feel worthy of rest and create that space in your life, you know, for reflection and restoration, you know, that that brings you closer to meeting that most authentic version of yourself that doesn't have all that societal and familial and cultural conditioning. You may have grown up in a family that had parents who were always on the go, always doing and doing and doing. And I'm grateful that that wasn't my experience in in my childhood. I didn't have pressure for that. And if I did, I can't even imagine like (laughs) I would have been 
off the charts. But I know some people that is that has been their experience where they didn't see their parents resting. So they had no one modeling that skill to them. Okay, And so they had no one showing them that it was okay to rest. And there are certain cultures that don't perhaps value rest or don't encourage rest. Although on the other side, there are some cultures that do value rest. And I remember teaching uh, an exchange student from Spain and asking her some questions. This was many years ago. And I remember her telling us about their siestas and how I forget the exact set up how their days would go, but everything would shut down for a period of like two to three hours And during that time, people would rest, like most restaurants and stores would close down. I think it was usually sometime after lunch until around supper or dinner time. And I remember her telling the class, you know what, I wrote, I need to go find my binder. My my binder, I wrote wrote down all the notes I was furiously scribbling because she was telling us about her day. There's a few other things that were super interesting as well. I wish my memory was a little bit better, but... The, the one thing I did take away is that they valued this rest period every day. And I thought that that was amazing. And some people might think, well, how can people in this culture be productive if, you're, if they're having this much time for rest in their day? But there's been lots of studies that would show that people who have adequate time to rest are going to be more productive. And you will hear a lot more talk lately about uh, transitioning to a four-day work week because you know any any businesses that have experimented with that for the most part from what the articles that I've read they've reported increased productivity from from their employees and also increased levels of happiness so when we rest we tend to be happier more productive more creative so let's get our rest on people so I bet you are wondering how can I rest? Give me some tips for resting. (laughs) And I am no rest expert, but I'll give you some ideas to get you started. And I feel like rest involves, as I said, the deliberate action. So you may have to make some deliberate actions or decisions to set your life up to be more restful in general. Okay. Again, we have to get away from seeing rest as being a singular activity, like laying on the couch, reading a book, taking a bubble bath, okay? Yes, those are restful, but what's coming through to me is to embody rest throughout our days, okay? To incorporate rest and to make our lives as a whole more restful. And how do we do that? Well, through deliberate action, okay? And by asking yourself, what can I remove from my life to make it more restful, Okay, and that takes that reflection piece. So think about relationships. Okay, what relationships in my life are draining me? Okay, and think about it. If you have draining people in your life who are very needy, who are draining of your physical resources or your energetic emotional resources, that that's not restful. Okay, that's taking energy from you. Okay, resting is restoring your energy. So we we can rest by by literally setting boundaries within draining relationships. Um, another thing that actually can prevent rest is clutter, physical clutter. And I know this is for me, it's coming through, this is for me and maybe other people. But when you have a lot of clutter in your home, you can't rest. 
You cannot, it's not restorative when you are trying to rest in a place that's filled with clutter. So donate some of that clutter. If you're like my husband, you're all up on Kijiji and Craigslist. Well, we don't have Craigslist, but that's the equivalent, I think, if you live other places. But that may not be restful to go through the whole process of selling an item and meeting the person. For me, that's personally not restful. It might be okay for him. It might not take like drain a lot of his resources. That would drain a lot of my resources. The most restful decision for you might to be to just donate these things to, you know, Value Village or to a friend in need or some type of shelter that might might need something. That might be the mo- most restful choice for you. Again, it also comes down to your personal resources and what drains you and what doesn't. My husband surfing Kijiji, Kijiji, Kijiji all the live long day. <laughs> he loves it. He has no social media, but he loves to just uh, tool around Kijiji. What is up with my sayings like tool around? That's a saying, right? I feel like sometimes I'm an 80 year old person. I don't know what I am actually. Okay, back to my restful tips. So you may need to delegate, okay, different tasks, and that's going to increase the opportunities for rest in your life. So maybe you want to start getting grocery delivery or do the online groceries where you don't have to spend however much time in the grocery store. You could spend that resting Um, cleaning, okay, get your family involved, or maybe you want to hire somebody or hire a cleaning service to help with the cleaning. Um, You could have, you know, your family members doing, if you're a mom and you find you're doing a lot of the things, (laughs) just ask for help. And I think a lot of times people have difficulty asking for help. And sometimes people don't want to let go of control. Okay. They just want to do it themselves because they know it will get done. But it's just that letting go, releasing control and knowing that it will get done and other people can do it. And it's good sometimes to give other people an opportunity to do some of these tasks. Another restful tip is saying no. Okay. Saying no to some social engagements, things that you don't really want to go to but feel you should go to just because you've always gone to these things okay sometimes you need to say no and maybe take that night to focus on yourself and self-care and allow yourself to rest especially if you're an introvert and some of these social engagements are extremely draining for you, okay? That's obviously not restful, okay? It's the opposite. It's draining. So again, this comes down to individuals and what resources they have. Maybe for an extrovert, if that's where you get your energy, maybe it's saying yes to more things because that's actually going to fill you up and recharge you. That being said, Extroverts still need to have that alone time as well and to recharge. That's very healthy for them. And they, you know, they can't always rely on others to recharge their battery. They need to be able to have ways where they can recharge by themselves as well. But it's getting to know yourself and knowing what fills you up and what depletes you and doing more of what fills you up. Another thing that's important to remember is that our rest needs can change over time and you may need more rest now than you did 10 years ago, okay? And that could be, you know, just simply because you're aging and you need more rest. I don't know if that's a thing or not, but I feel like people as they age tend to need more rest. 
but it can also be because your life circumstance has changed in some way. You may be recovering from an illness. You may be grieving the loss of a loved one or grieving a heartbreak of a relationship or grieving the loss of a job. Like grieving in general is exhausting. It's interesting because this fall, I went through a period of just absolute exhaustion and I didn't know what was wrong with me and it wasn't going away. (laughs) And I'm just realizing right now that I think the main cause of this exhaustion, it was that I was grieving and I was grieving the loss of my mother who had passed away in the spring, grieving the loss of my identity as a school teacher. And while at the time, I don't think I figured it out that that was the cause of my exhaustion, I'm realizing it now that I was emotionally exhausted from grief. And again, grief comes in many forms. And I think all of us are grieving something right now. Everyone is grieving something. And when you can acknowledge what you're grieving and just give yourself a little bit of grace and give yourself space to feel the feelings that you're feeling and to just allow yourself to rest without shame or guilt. Okay, I just think that's so important. Another thing to consider is that if you are going through a major life change or transition, you're probably going to require more rest. So for instance, moving, like moving from one house to another or to a different country, like that's that's a big change, okay? And Everything that comes with that, you know, you may feel yourself being exhausted for a period of time after that and not knowing why. And it's just like, okay, honor, honor what you've gone through in the change and transition and be gentle with yourself. The same thing for when you have children. Okay, when you go from being a couple with someone and then having a child, that is a huge transition, a huge change and add in all the, you know, middle of the night feedings and getting no rest. And it's just a huge, huge change. And you're exhausted as it is. And you don't have any time. But that's when you need to try to find time to rest if you can. And I know it's annoying when people say sleep when the baby sleeps. And I didn't. I never did. I I probably did a couple of times. But I tried to be productive or sometimes I just wanted to do things that I wanted to do because I had two, you know, seconds to myself. So I'm not going to preach at you because I didn't do that. But I, I wish that I had taken more time to just sleep, you know, and, and really, really rest whenever my babies were sleeping. Another time where you will probably need more rest yourself is if you have aging parents, okay? If you have found that you are now transitioning into being a caregiver in some capacity for your parents or, you know, making decisions for them, having to take them to doctor's appointments and things like that. Don't underestimate the impact that that is having on your life because you're caretaking for another person. And that's a major transition and shift in your life. And also emotionally, just, you know, the circle of life and seeing these changes emotionally, that's really exhausting and tiring and probably sad as well. There's, I'm hearing it now, like a grieving that's attached to this, that you are now kind of caring for your parent or your parents and, and seeing them age, that that's really, you know, 
a hard time for a lot of people. So if you are in that stage of your life right now, again, give yourself, give yourself grace, be gentle with yourself, but also you really need to take care of yourself as well. And don't let your needs get lost in, you know, caretaking for everybody else's needs. You really have to take time for yourself. And it's not selfish when you do prioritize your own needs for rest because if you are not rested and well, then you are not going to be able to help other people. If you're somebody who is starting a new job or you've recently had a career change, that's another life change that can be so depleting. You're learning all these new things. It's a new adjustment. So again, be gentle with yourself. This is, and I'm hearing now like, oh yeah, that happened to me as well this fall. So it's all kind of making sense to me um, for myself, why I went through that huge period of exhaustion in the fall and in the winter because I was going through so many different changes. So if you find yourself in a similar position where you're you know, you've made a career change or you're trying something new or maybe you're just learning something new on the side, like that's taxing as well, mentally tiring. So again, just be aware of what cycle you are at in your life or what changes or transitions are happening in your life and give yourself grace because these changes, these transitions are tiring and you may need more rest, okay? Or if another thing that's just popping into my mind, divorce, okay? If you are somebody who's going through a divorce or even just relationship issues, that is so exhausting for everyone and for you. And if you're going through that right now, you know, sending love to you, but you need to really take care of your physical body and obviously your emotional and mental health as well, but just be sure you are giving yourself lots of opportunities to rest and that you honor what your body is telling you that it needs. I almost forgot to talk about human design with regards to rest. And this is an important topic, in my opinion. If you don't know your human design, you can look it up online. There's free charts. I'll put one in the show notes. Um, so you can look up your human design if you don't know it already. But 70% of the population, around 70% of the population have a defined sacral, okay? And that those are generators, inner manifesting generators. And what that means is that they have this sustained energy and they can get stuff done, okay? I'm envious of my generator friends because they have this crazy sustained energy or so it seems. Me, on the other hand, I'm a manifester. I have an undefined sacral, okay? Projectors and reflectors also have undefined sacrals, but we make up only about 30% of the population. So we're in the minority. And it's like we're these non-sacrals living in a generator world, which can be a bit draining, a bit daunting, and it's I find it hard to keep up sometimes, to be honest. Many people would say that the world is designed for generators because it's 70% of the population. So it's a majority. And, you know, even looking at the 40-hour work week, um, that is probably doable for generators or manifesting generators. But for the projectors, for the manifestors and the reflectors, it may not be as sustainable. And 
I had no idea that when I was teaching full time and working overtime because you're working nights and weekends marking and doing lesson planning, etc. I had no idea how very much out of alignment that was with my energy type, with my human design. And now that I see it, it just makes so much sense. And especially for manifestors, we have these rest cycles and we have to honor the rest cycles, which can be difficult sometimes to be in a rest cycle because you don't know it's what when it's going to end. But it's just helped me being aware of my human design and my energy type. And it's just giving me more information on how I can thrive, how I can show up as my best self and be in alignment. My husband is a projector, so we're both non-sacrals. We both need a lot of rest, and we have two daughters who are sacral beings, so they have a lot more energy than us, and they could you know, keep going, do all these activities. But regardless, regardless of your human design and whether you're a sacral being or non-sacral being, everyone does need rest. Generators still need rest. Manifesting generators need rest. It's just some energy types may need more rest than others. So if you don't know your human design already, it's a great idea to check that out. And there's lots of free resources online. As well, I'm going to be having my friend Steph Sullivan on and she's going to be talking all things human design. So I cannot wait for that conversation. So stay tuned for that one if you are interested in human design or learning a bit more about human design. So before I wrap things up here, I thought I would just tell you a few ways that I like to rest. And, you know, I'd love to hear the ways that you love to rest. And everybody's resting is different. I'm sure everybody's resting needs are different. Um, one way I like to rest is reading a physical book, not on a screen. It doesn't feel as restful to me. So I like to read a physical book. I like to take baths. Those feel very kind of luxurious and relaxing to me. Um, infrared sauna is another way I really like to rest. I like to walk in nature and it usually feels restorative for me um, as long as I am, you know, going in without any expectations around how long I should be walking, how fast I should be walking, which I usually don't anyway. But the most important part for me is being in nature and connecting in nature and that's restorative. The walking part is just the vehicle to get me into nature mostly. But if I can just go into a forest and sit down and meditate for a bit, I find that to be very restorative. Sleeping is another thing. And, you know, that's something I should have probably talked about earlier. But obviously, sleep is so important. And I think I'm going to do a podcast episode on sleep. I'm a very... <laughs> pro-sleep person. Is that even a thing? Oh, I'm pro-sleep. I think everybody is pro-sleep, but I am very much into my bedtime routine and my bedtime, and I love to go to bed early. Both myself and my husband, we go to bed early and we get up early, and so sleep is very important to me, but we get up every morning at 5 or sometimes 5.15 if we sleep in a little bit, but Last week, I think it was, I was feeling so tired and I allowed myself to sleep in, I think, two days. And, you know, if this was a few years ago, I would have never allowed myself to do that, even if I felt tired. It's like, no, I get up and I do my exercise first thing in the morning, either a walk or weights. 
And that is a non-negotiable because I love my routines. I love my morning routine. I love my nightly routine. And I'm realizing that that's not serving me, okay? That's not in alignment. My body is exhausted. And when I when I force myself to get up on those mornings, then I feel so sluggish for the rest of the day and feel like I want to nap. And so I honored my body last week. You know what? Actually, that was this week. Oh my gosh, that was earlier this week. It feels like last week, but it was, I think, Monday or Tuesday or both days that I slept in. And you know what? I felt so, I, I just felt more rested because I did that. And I'm just working on honoring my body. And again, that it was coinciding with my cycle as well. Okay. I just started my period and I, I'm like, okay, this is when I'm supposed to rest. I'm allowed to, to rest. I, you're allowed to rest anytime. I, I shouldn't say that. That just shows you my programming. I'm allowed to rest because I'm menstruating. No, I, Kate, you're allowed to rest all the time. Okay. <laughs> but I'm working on you know, honoring my body's guidance and and following my cycles and you know allowing for the ebbs and for the fl- the the flows, no pun intended, menstrual flow. Get it? But it's interesting. It was also the new moon as well, and a lot of people tend to feel very tired around the new moon. So I was getting a double whammy, and I listened to my body, and I I just felt so much better and I'm going to continue to do that moving forward okay and so I'm right there with you if you're having difficulty resting I'm right there with you but we can do this we got this let's rest everybody let's rest y'all oh yes one last thing that I forgot something that's very restful for me is self-reiki meditation and breathwork and somatic practices all of those together, but those mindfulness practices and just they help me drop into the parasympathetic, the rest and digest. Okay. And that's, you know, that's the opposite of your sympathetic nervous system, your stress response. And I just, I combine, for me, I usually combine my self Reiki with a meditation and it just sets me up in such a beautiful way for the day. And it's a nice way to end the day and wind down before bed. I'm just very grateful that I have Reiki in my mental health toolbox. And it's just something that instantly relaxes me. If you've had Reiki before, you know what I'm talking about. I also love getting a Reiki session from someone else. And I'm lucky enough that my husband is attuned. So he gives me sessions whenever we both have time. But if not, I know I can always just invoke the energy, you know, in the morning, throughout the day, or when I'm going to sleep at night. So it's a pretty amazing gift to be able to have. And it definitely is important with regards to rest and creating a restful life for me. All right. So I hope everybody has a restful day. Hope you incorporate some rest into your weekend if you're listening to this on Friday when it comes out. And I would love to hear about how you're resting. Tag me in your stories and show me pictures or videos of you resting or doing restorative things. Let's blow up the internet. (laughs) Let's blow up the web, y'all, with our rest. (laughs) Again, somebody take this mic away from me, please. (laughs) Somebody, please. Um, Yeah, anyway, I hope everybody has a great weekend and I will see you here, same place same time next week. Take care.